Hello and welcome to Hustlers for a Cause, the podcast for growth-oriented entrepreneurs and executives who aspire to create positive change in the world. Are you in business for more than just profit? Then like and subscribe today and join our channel to become a hustler for a cause. Hello and uh, welcome to Hustlers for a Cause. Today we are honored to have special guest Adam Mendler with us. Adam takes the term serial entrepreneur to the next level as the CEO of the Veloz Group, where he co-founded Beverly Hills Chairs, Custom Tobacco, and Veloz Solutions. Beyond that, he's a thought leader in leadership, running the 30-Minute Mentors podcast through Thrive Global, contributed to Forbes, Inc., Huffington Post, acted as an advisor for Fusion LA, and when he's not doing all that, he's giving back some time to USC and UCLA, acting in, as an advisory board member and as a panelist for MBA thesis presentations. In addition to that, he's even gone into inner city classrooms with Youth Business Alliance to inspire children in schools. You know, it took a lot of digging, but I was able to find one thing that it did seem like you may not be great at. And that's there, uh, there are tons of things that I'm bad at, but yeah. I, don't mean to cut you, I don't mean to cut you off, but you don't have to do much digging for that. There's <laughs> a lot of things that, I, that I'm really, really bad at. So I don't know which one you found, but first, you don't have to look very far. And secondly, the list is very long, but, but yeah. I love that mentality. You're honestly, you are a super impressive and it is great to have you. What on did you show? find that was bad? I, I'm waiting for that because there's yeah. there a ton of things. Yeah. So you called yourself a single culinary challenged guy. So I have to know why haven't you figured out cooking yet? That's definitely one of the things that I'm terrible at. I'm awful at so many things in life and I am extremely culinary challenged. Although I will say that I don't like to brag, but I will brag here for a minute to your listeners. It's, I don't think it's something that is a particularly good quality when people are talking about how great they are, but I am going to break that. I am going to talk about how great I am. I am incredible at using the microwave. I am one of the greatest microwave chefs you're going to find out there because I'm so experienced at it because I have made so many phenomenal meals using the microwave, starting with, well, I'm not, I'm not even going to say what I'm in the microwave because your listeners are going to be repulsed, but I'm not a very good chef, but yeah, we can talk about all the things I'm bad at if you want. No, no. I thought it was really cool that you uh, shared that post recently on Facebook about the one uh, local restaurant that you go to a lot. And it's good to see like that honesty, right? Of when you see someone that's got a, a really impressive background like you to bring some of those things up, it's just really cool. I appreciate that. But trust me, man, there's a ton out there about me that one of the things I talk about when I talk to audiences, I'm a big believer that in life, most people are bad at most things. I know I personally am bad at so many things, bad at too many things to list. We could yeah. truthfully spend the rest of the podcast just talking about everything that I'm bad at. We all have a few good things about us. We have some things that if you were to take a step back and try to figure out what it is that you're good at, you could probably come up with a couple of things on the list. I think that we each have one thing about us that makes us exceptional. We have that superpower. We have that thing that makes us unique, makes us different, makes us special. And the more quickly you can figure out what it is about you that makes you special, what it is about you that makes you 
different, what it is about you that makes you truly unique. The more successful you'll be in life, the more successful you'll be in business, the more successful you'll be as a leader. So it's something that hopefully, Sean, everyone tuning into this podcast can take to heart because we should all be on that path of self-discovery. We should all be on that path of figuring out what it is about us that makes us great and how can we tap into that so we can live as productive lives as possible and as happy lives as possible. Definitely. I was listening to one of your prior podcasts and I heard about you speaking about baseball player Tony Phillips and how he was not necessarily the most talented, but was the best at maximizing his talents. And you saw a lot of that in yourself. So I'd love to know what your unique ability is and how you leverage it in everything you do. I love Tony Phillips. Tony Phillips, we could spend this whole podcast just talking about Tony Phillips. Are you a baseball fan, Sean? You know, I thought I was going to be a pitcher growing up, but I never really followed the sport. Like I was too busy playing it to watch it. Yeah, interesting. I was the captain of probably the worst baseball team ever assembled. Definitely the worst high school baseball team ever assembled. Maybe (laughs) worse than some little league teams out there. We were really, really bad. (laughs) So I played my fair share of baseball, but lost a lot of games. I was Mm -hmm. the captain of probably the only high school baseball team to never win a game my senior year. So I've been on side of a lot of losing. When I was in college, I remember going on all these interviews and I had this line, losing both character, no one has more character than I do. Talking about Tony Phillips, what I loved about Tony Phillips, firstly, he played for the Angels. And growing up, I still am just a huge Angels fan. And growing up, would watch Tony Phillips, all the games the Angels played. And loved his versatility, loved his grit, loved his competitiveness. And I was never the most talented player on the field. I was never, I had a really good buddy growing up named Mark Bornstein. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Mark Bornstein is a listener of your podcast. Mark, are you out there? Are you listening, Mark? If Mark is tuning in, Mark is a great guy, tremendous person, great human being. And Mark was the co-captain of the baseball team when we were in high school. And Mark and I were buddies from childhood, from the time we were little kids. And Mark was the kind of guy who was just good at everything. You know how I said that most people in life are bad at most things, which I believe very strongly, except for Mark. Mark's like great at everything. Mark was one of those guys who was just a naturally talented baseball player, naturally talented athlete. When we were playing sports and we were picking up teams and I would have the first pick in the draft, I would always pick Mark. Mark was always my first pick when we were playing, picking football teams and I was the quarterback. I would pick Mark to be the receiver. It's such an exceptional athlete. I never had Mark's talent. I never had Mark's athletic gifts. I was always envious, not in a, I mean, I love Mark just as a human being, but I, I was, I would always like look over. I played third base in high school and Mark played short. And I always thought, man, I wish, I wish God would have given me the skill set that he gave Mark because I just never got that. But I had to rely on being the hardest working player on the field and off the field. I always had to be the most intense competitor. And that was just who I was. I played for blood, baseball and sports and anything else. I don't want to sound too intense and say life is a blood sport, but anything you do, you should be really passionate about. I've always found that people in life who are passionate people are people that I can connect with. If you love what you do, if you do what you love, if you live and breathe your passion, man, there's nothing like it. So as a kid, for me, that was playing baseball. I was like Tony Phillips in that I was the most competitive guy on the diamond, I was the most competitive guy in the clubhouse. I would breathe fire. 
I wasn't the most talented guy. I wasn't Mike Trout, you know, Alex Rodriguez, whoever. When I was a kid, the most talented guy probably would have been Ken Griffey or Barry Bonds. That wasn't me. And I didn't really identify with those players. I sure loved watching them play. I love watching Mike Trout play, but kind of have to know who you are. Yeah. And I guess bringing it into the business context now, is that, do you feel like that maybe that like persistence now is your unique ability? I don't know if it's a unique ability because there are a lot of people out there who are very aggressive and very tough. And it's something that not only is unique to me, but it's definitely a characteristic that has remained a core component of who I am today. I've been as focused as I've ever been throughout all that is going on, coronavirus, no coronavirus. It's a tough time right now in our country. It's a tough time right now in our world. But all we can really do is focus on what's in our control. All we can do is focus what's in our power. And I've been laser focused on my work. I've been laser focused on my content, my writing, my speaking, my podcast, 30-Minute Mentors, my businesses, Beverly Hills Chairs, Custom Tobacco, Velo Solutions, which you mentioned. The ability to stay focused, to stay as engaged as one can be is something that was instilled upon me, instilled in me at an early age and remains in me to this day. I guess I find myself feeling a lot the same way. Like it, I don't know if that's something that people just get from their environment at an early age or they never get, but I do know people that don't have it and that just kind of work to work and other people that have it that every day they're putting 120% into every day at least and pushing all the way through. And I think if you can combine that with the ability to really manage time well, then you can get the most out of your day and really, really be successful. I was reading um, uh, The Mastermind Marketing System by Jay Abrams, and he shared this quote, what's commonplace in one field may be uncommon in other fields. I think you're a, a great person to ask this question to about this because you work in so many diverse industries. Do you find that to be true? And if so, is it something that you leverage as you go into new business or business in different industries? So something that I found that's interesting and perhaps highly applicable on this particular topic is I do a lot of work in and around leadership. I've interviewed hundreds of America's top leaders. And a consistent theme that I found is how universally applicable the core principles of leadership are, no matter what kind of organization you're leading. The advice that retired generals and retired admirals are sharing with my audience can be applied by listeners who are CEOs of startup companies, who are CEOs of public companies, who are CEOs of nonprofit organizations, who are leaders of their families, who are leaders in their communities, who are leaders of their churches or synagogues or mosques. And what I found is that the core principles of leadership the core principles of success and core principles in general and anything you do can be applied in whatever types of verticals you're interested in pursuing. So that's where I think of, that's where I come out on that side of the question. So not sure if that answers what you're looking for, but hopefully yeah. can provide a little bit of guidance. Yeah, definitely. So I guess diving in on that a little bit, if you're going to join into a new business or start a new venture, 
as you start, are there specific frameworks that you use in running that new startup? There are definite frameworks that I think everyone should consider when they're looking at pursuing a new business and certainly when they're starting a new business. I think it's a very relevant question for entrepreneurs and it's certainly a relevant question for leaders and aspiring leaders. From the perspective of entrepreneurs, I think that it's important to firstly think about the business that you're going into. A lot of businesses that we've thought about over the years, we've decided not to go into because after applying that framework, we've decided that they weren't the right businesses for us. As an entrepreneur, you really want to think about, first and foremost, who is your customer and is my product or service going to be extremely resonant to my customer? So you need to do the hard work of identifying that beachhead customer. You need to not only identify that beachhead customer, but you need to then validate that customer. So you need to go in and connect with as many prospective customers as possible and understand how badly do they want whatever it is that you're offering? Do they kind of like it a little bit or do they want it so desperately that they're willing to buy it at any price? That's the first thing that you need to really think about. Too often we fall in love with our ideas. We get so busy counting all the money we're going to make that we get distracted by the fact that probably don't really have anything that's going to make much money. That's number one. Number two is you need to ask yourself, am I the right person for this business? Can I pull this business off? Do I have the skill set to do it? Do I have the team around me to do it? Do I have the time and energy and bandwidth to do it? Do I have the passion for it? Is this what I love to do? Is this going to energize me or is this going to drain me? There are businesses that we might be able to successfully execute on, but they could be the wrong businesses for us. They could kill us. You should do something that you love doing. You should do something that you're good at. You should do something that you love doing. So a lot of businesses over the years, we've looked at and said, these are really interesting ideas. I've personally said, you know, hey, this is a great idea. I think there's an entrepreneur out there that could turn this into a great business. That entrepreneur just isn't me. I'm not the right person for this. And it's important as a leader to, going back to what I said at the onset of the show, know yourself, know what you're good at, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, and have the humility to approach any situation, whether it's a new business, a new project, or any existing circumstance or scenario that you're in, with the humility to understand what your limitations are. And something that I mentioned a couple minutes ago, don't forget about who you have around you. Being a leader is about the people around you. It's the art of turning one plus one into three. So if you're thinking about this from the perspective of what can I do? What can I build? What can I create? You're probably not the right leader. You need to think about it from the perspective of what can we do? What can we build? What are we creating? Who are the people on my team? What are we doing here? And surround yourself with people who can help you and help what you're trying to do get to that next level and empower them, give them the tools and give them the rope to be successful. That's great advice. Have you ever had a company that you started going into then that at first felt like it was aligned with your values, but then turned out not to? Sure. We've had many businesses over the years that have taken different shapes and different forms and have gone in different directions. And I've had businesses that started off as being 110% of my focus and 
over time, I've come to realize that I'm not necessarily the best person to be the CEO of the business and I'm better off being an advisor to the business. So no question. Okay. So I've also had the opportunity to meet the author of The Go-Giver recently. I'm not sure if you read it before, um, Bob. I'm familiar with the book, but I haven't read it. He said this quote that was really interesting to me, and I know it's like an overgeneralization, but he said, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And at first I was just like, kind of blew it off. I'm like, okay, yeah. And then I started thinking about it and I realized that there's certain shortcuts that I take that I took across every area of whether it was my life or the way I ran my business or anything else. Have you ever found that to be true? Have there ever been shortcuts or habits that you've had that once you've changed that one thing, you've found that it had a really big impact across all areas, either of your business or your life? I do think that small changes can make a big difference. I do think that small habits can go a big way in changing the way you feel and changing the way you think, changing the way that you act. I can give you one example, which is probably about five years ago, I started getting into yoga and it started off because I turned 31 and I don't know, Sean, you seem like a young guy. So how old are you if you don't mind my asking? Yeah, this is probably the one question I'm not prepared to answer because I forget. I was born in 85. So what is that? 35? Okay. 33? So, so you've, crossed, <laughs> you've crossed that 31 mark. Yeah. And yeah, I, I wake came, up in pain now. Yeah. <laughs> what I came to discover is when you turn 31, your metabolism just sort of stops. Yep. Flatlines. And I, I'd always been a guy that was really muscular, but could never gain weight. And no matter how much I lifted at the gym, I would just sort of never get above a certain weight because I was, and I, you know, I'm, I eat really healthy and lean and clean, and, but I just, you know, would, would always kind of cap out at a certain weight because of the way that I'm built. And then seemingly overnight, I just put on all this weight and you don't realize it. You don't really realize it until you're at your parents' house and you're looking at pictures of yourself and you, you see a picture of yourself in a suit and you say, man, my face back then, back when I was 29, was so chiseled. And now that I'm 31, it's not chiseled anymore. It's like a balloon. You realize, hey, wait a minute, I got to change my workout around. I've got to do things differently. So I used to lift weights five times a week. So instead of lifting weights every day, I started doing some Pilates. I started doing some yoga and I had this year run of Pilates. I really grew to love yoga and I'm by no means a hardcore yogi. I would say I do yoga, at least pre-quarantine. Now I'm doing beach body stuff from my place. My workout shifted now that I can't go out anywhere. But pre-quarantine, I was doing yoga once a week for, on average, some weeks, twice a week. And one hour a week of yoga, we're not talking about two hours a day. We're not talking about a major, major shift, but just that one hour a week of yoga made such a difference for me. It has made such a difference for me in how I feel, in how I move, how I feel physically, how I feel in every way. And yes, Sean, small changes can make big differences. I have to agree with that on yoga, both yoga and meditation for me were huge ones. Yeah, Definitely. meditation, totally, man. One minute a day of meditating can make such a big difference. Interesting. I've never done it in such a small increment before. I should really consider that. Even a minute. Okay, so... I want to move on to uh, talk a little more on like success and setbacks. 
Charlie Munger said that there's only like 15 to 20 decisions in your life that really matter. I'd love to know what do you think is like the one decision that really paved the way for the rest of your success? It's an interesting quote. I haven't heard that before. I'll tell you a really pivotal decision in my life, which was deciding to start the Velos Group. That was a decision that at the time I didn't realize would be as pivotal as it has become. Looking back, someone would say, what are you talking about? You left corporate America and started a business. No shit, that's a big decision. But at the time, it, it didn't feel like that big of a move. It just felt very natural and fluid and just kind of felt like the right thing for me to do. And I just really just kind of followed my heart and my gut. But upon reflection, that was a huge decision that truly changed the trajectory of my life and my work because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I would have continued down the corporate path for better or worse. There's certain things that might be better, but certainly the work that I'm doing and the writing, the speaking, the podcasting, that's true byproduct of this journey that I've been on for the past eight years. And has there been like one challenge that you feel like has been the hardest now that you've gone into business for yourself? How have you overcome it? I just think the whole entrepreneurial journey is a challenge. Anyone who has been an entrepreneur or is an entrepreneur and is listening is, I'm sure, nodding their head. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fucking hard. I'm sorry. If you're listening and you're not an entrepreneur, trust me, guys and girls, it is really, really hard. So what I would tell anyone who is at all interested in being an entrepreneur, there's nothing more difficult that you could try doing in your life than creating your own business, building your own business, running your own business. It's a major challenge. There are lots of highs. There are lots of lows. Some days that are in between, but it's a crazy ride. And if you're willing to go on it, you're going to have a hard time getting off of it. Definitely. Was there ever a point that you almost gave up? Not really. No, I mean, I never wanted. That's the thing. That's like the greatest fear as an entrepreneur is having to stop doing it. Once you do it, you never want to stop doing it. As crazy as it is, as demented as it might be, there are things you do to yourself as an entrepreneur with that objectively you probably shouldn't be doing yourself. You never want to give up. You're, you're always so engaged and focused. And so, no, I mean, are there moments when I felt like I should give up? Possibly, but I don't remember any of them yep. because they certainly don't stand out to me. Yeah, I guess. So you were talking a little bit about the coronavirus too, and it's changed a lot about the way that business gets done and even values that people have now. Has the coronavirus changed or challenged your perspectives at all on leadership? I think what coronavirus has done is reinforced much of what we do, much of what we talk about, much of what our content is focused on, which is how to become a better leader, how to most successfully thrive in all kinds of environments, in all kinds of situations, in all kinds of circumstances, and how to most successfully inspire those around you to become as successful as possible. So what coronavirus has done is apparently given me an inability to enunciate my words, but one of the other things coronavirus has done has placed a great interest on the topic of leading under crisis. So I've been doing quite a bit of speaking on that topic, been going on a lot of podcasts, been talking to different groups about how to lead when times are tough. So a lot of the work that I've been doing is now focused on by people who are interested in leadership within this 
kind of context. So I don't think leadership has changed, but perhaps the types of people who are interested in this kind of content has changed. I always say that leadership and the topic of how to become a better leader is relevant for anyone and everyone. doesn't matter if you're a leader of a startup, doesn't matter if you're a leader of a nonprofit, doesn't matter if you're a leader of a baseball team. You don't even need to be a leader in title. You could be the leader of your family. You could be a leader in your community. You could be a leader in your synagogue or your church or your mosque. You can be someone with no leadership responsibilities, but one day you're at the supermarket and there's a situation that calls upon a leader to walk in and step up and diffuse what's going on and that leader can be you. So anyone and everyone should understand how to become a better leader, how to rise to the moment. That moment could be tomorrow, that moment could be today, and hopefully, Sean, whoever's tuning in is already thinking about it and is already working on it. But if you're not, there's so much out there. And that's really what I'm focused on doing with all of my work. Yeah. You know what? Let's go into it a little bit. So I'd love to know, I know leadership is a real passion for you. What does leadership really mean to you? Sean, we talked a little bit about it earlier on your show. But leadership is really about getting the most out of everyone around you. Leadership is not about me. It's about you. Leadership is about bringing the most out of your team. Leadership is the art of connecting with, inspiring, and uplifting all stakeholders around you. And something that has been really interesting to me as a leader in a number of different settings, leading different businesses in different industries, leading organizations at USC, leading even as a kid, leading sports teams. When you're a great leader, you're positively impacting the lives of others. Sean, the real reason why I'm so passionate about this work is because when you help someone become a better leader, not only are you helping them, but you're helping everyone around them. You're helping every single person that is in their orbit. You're helping every person impacted by that leader. I did an interview with baseball coach uh, for my blog. I've got to have a blog at uh, adamendler.com, leadership blog. And one of the questions I asked was, who are the greatest leaders you've been around and what did you learn from them? And the answer he gave me was, he said, these two baseball coaches were the leaders who were most influential in my life. He starts explaining why. And he said they were the most influential in my life because they were terrible baseball coaches. They were awful. They completely crushed team morale. They yelled, they screamed, they did this, they did that. They taught me exactly what not to do as a future baseball coach. Sean, I'm sure you've been around bosses who were horrific. I'm sure you've been around bosses who completely crushed morale, who completely crushed culture. And I have too. And when you've observed that, and when you've been around great leaders and you see the difference and you see how effective and powerful leadership can really change the way people not only live their lives at work, but live their lives, period, you can't help but want to be inspired to build and develop and grow as many great leaders as possible. Yeah, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. So when I was getting started, coming out of high school, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. And I've worked over 30 jobs. And I worked at before turning 30. So I worked at some places that were amazing and other places that were absolutely horrible. And that's actually what drove me to my passion and purpose now, which 
is helping influencers get their message out there to reach their market. And the reason is exactly that because influencers and coaches really are the ones that are helping leaders to lead their pods to greater success. And that makes the lives of the people who they work with better and makes them happier and makes the world a better place. Yeah, I completely align to what you're saying there. And I think it's really a great point. So I guess coming back to your business a little bit, I know you do a lot, right? And there's a lot that you do not only with the three businesses that you're running and all the speaking and everything, but to help other business owners. How does an entrepreneur know when they should be reaching out to you? That's a really good question, Sean. I do a lot of work around leadership development. I do a lot of work with people who are in different phases of their journey. And there's no good time. There's no bad time. This is a topic that is always relevant. You can reach out to me at any point in the journey. I work with people who are just starting out. I'll work with people who are just graduating from college and getting started on that leadership journey and trying to figure out how do I enter the workforce as the best version of myself that I could be. I'll work with people who are perhaps perceived to be too old to be in the workforce and try to help them explain to them and position themselves and help them with their journey today. And you're not too old. No one's too old. No one's too young. No one's too old. We're, we're always capable of contributing. We're always capable of making an impact. And anyone and everyone in between. So if anyone is interested in my content, tune in. If anyone, if anyone is interested in working with me, reach out. I'm accessible. You can learn more about me at my website, adammendler.com. You can find me on social media. You can message me on Instagram at adammendler, on Twitter at adammendler. You talk about that in a, one of your articles on how to make the most out of Monday how you prepare for Monday on like Friday at the end of the week to go in full guns blazing and, you know, really kick off aggressively. So that's great. It's a great concept. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. Cool. cool. So I know you've said it already, but I always love to end this way anyway. Where can people go to learn more about you? Firstly, Sean, thanks again for having me. This was awesome. Really enjoyed this conversation. It was a ton of fun. Really hope that your listeners enjoy it even a fraction as much as I did. I try to make it as easy as possible. It's just my name. So you can go to adammendler.com. You'd find me on social media at adammendler. So that's at adammendler on Instagram, at adammendler on Twitter. You can also find my podcast, 30 Minute Mentors, on any podcasting app. So however you're downloading and listening to this podcast, you can tune into 30 Minute Mentors. It's all spelled out. You can also go to 30minutementors.com and you'll be able to listen to the interview with Rob Lowe. You'll be able to listen to all kinds of interviews with all kinds of interesting people. And Sean, thanks again for the support and thanks for being an awesome host today. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks for coming on the show and look forward to having you on again soon. Thank you.